0: The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Sitting right next to me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Courtney Fitzsimmons. Courtney, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. I appreciate your time, and it's really exciting. Wanted to say congratulations. You have a new book out. It's titled My Beloved. So, Courtney, can you tell me all about this book? What can readers expect here?
1: You can expect to hear about my life experiences and the way that God helped me throughout my path as a baby and then walking into becoming more of a mature Christian and just the trials and issues and heartache and pain and healing and wholeness that just came through my journey
0: with the Lord. And what was the spark, the the inspiration that made you sit down, get started on it and say, hey, I got to publish this?
1: I love the Lord and I love to write poetry. And so... Mm. I started to, I would just sit down my time and just thinking about him, and I would just start to write poetry. And through different times and circumstances and situations I would go through, I would just start to jot things down, really just get my emotions on paper and my gratitude for him. And that's how it started over the series of the years. I just, collection of poetry manifested. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Courtney, were you thinking about specific readers out there while you were writing?
1: I would just say I was thinking about God and letting the world know how good he is. So not a specific type of readers. I'd say everyone.
0: And when it comes to being published, have you done that kind of thing before or are you new to this whole thing?
1: I have not done that before. This was my first time.
0: So was that whole process a drawn out one for you or did it come together pretty quickly?
1: It took about a year. There's a lot of things that can go into getting a book published that you wouldn't think about. So it definitely gave me an appreciation for authors out there and the process that they go through to get a book out. It helps you have a deeper appreciation for them.
0: And after that time and hard work that you put into it, Courtney, that day comes and you get your first copy. You get to hold this thing that you made in your hands. It's actually a thing. Your name's on the cover and everything. What was that moment like?
1: It was very exciting. And at the same time, it was very humbling
0: mm.
1: because I know I couldn't have done this on my own. I know that it was God who helped me to get this out, but I was also very excited to hold it in my hands. At the same time, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's finally here. It's done. I can't believe it.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure you learned an awful lot along the way of publishing this for the first time. Uh, so, Courtney, do you have any advice, anything you picked up that you could throw out there for the first time authors who are listening to us?
1: I would say do not let fear hold you back because the things that you have in your heart and the things that you learn through your life experiences and and things like that, that they could be the breakthrough or blessing for somebody else in their life. Mm. And so to just get it out there and sometimes we get in our own head, but it could really bless somebody else and change their life.
0: So I would just do it. Great advice, Courtney. So looking down the road, Courtney, do you see yourself writing and publishing more?
1: I actually do. I have a few more that I think are going to end up coming out. So I'm excited to continue on this path and see what it entails.
0: Uh, It happens to so many of us authors. It's writer's block. You sit down, you want to write, but the words just aren't coming out. Courtney, do you deal with that kind of thing?
1: I really don't. I just, I would sit down and I would just be in those times of just thinking about God and looking through my life and thinking about the things he's done for me and just the thanksgiving and appreciation. I just, it would just flow out of that, just being in that place.
0: And when you think about it all now, Courtney, for you, what's the most rewarding aspect of being a published author?
1: It's sharing with people how good God is and just getting the word out there. I'm excited to be able to just share the things that the trials, the things, the tribulations that I went through, the growth and the process and the healing and the restoration that He took me through so that I could share others so that they could embrace it and walk out their own steps of
0: restoration. Hmm. I know a lot of readers are going to be blessed by the words in this book. I I encourage everybody listening right now to go give this one a shot. Again, it's titled My Beloved. It's written by Courtney Fitzsimmons. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, it's available everywhere. So get on over to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, iTunes, or even traditional brick and mortar stores. You'll be able to get this book. Courtney, it's been really nice talking with you here tonight and learning about your poetry and how you've written everything. Thanks again for joining me.
1: Yes, yeah, thank you.
0: Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, author Chibuzo N. A. Urapa. Chibuzo, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Thank you, Cora, for having me. It's my pleasure. I wanted to congratulate you. You have a new book out in stores titled The Position of the Adopted Child of God. Shabuzo, what's this book all about? What can readers expect here?
2: Well, this book, as the title suggests, is telling us about how we get adopted into the family of God as his children through our faith in Jesus Christ. So that is what the book is about. Years ago, I started a study on this very theme. Because I was fascinated by what we read in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Could I just read that? Absolutely. Because that is the genesis of this book. It says that when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So that was what. Sparked my interest. How do we receive this adoption of sons? How does anybody get adopted as a son of God? And I started researching, studying the Bible. I found out that this actually runs through our scripture from Genesis to Revelation.
0: I could imagine maybe something like this would have taken you a long time to write, Chibuzo. What sort of a time period are we talking about here? We are talking
2: about actually. The research process must have taken up to seven years, but the writing actually is as a result of—this is the fruit of a series I gave at my local church, Bronx Baptist Church in 2016, a series of five sermons on biblical adoption. So. From 2016 after I you know I gave those series of sermons, everybody well not everybody but most people who were paying attention you know started saying we need to get this as a book we need something we need something we can fall back on and uh, reread and some people encouraged me you know that this message should be for a wider audience so, I started then to put together. So from 2016 through last year when it was finished, it's actually the writing process, the writing period of time.
0: And when it comes to writing and being published, uh, Chibuzo, have you ever done this before or is this your first time?
2: This is my first Christian book. I've written some you know, other academic books that have nothing to do with the Bible, but this is the first book I write that is scripturally based.
0: Well, I'm sure you learned a lot along the way of publishing for the first time, Chibuzo. Do you have any advice, anything that you picked up that you could tell to the aspiring authors who are listening to us now?
2: Oh, what I would say is, especially those who are writing for Christians and would be Christians, is to allow themselves to be spoken to by the Holy Spirit, to read and study the Bible. I know that there are many books out there, including the one that I've just written, you know, that are excellent books, but the source, the original source, the book that should inspire us to actually write is the Bible itself. So when we hear from the Holy Spirit, it is a different inspiration than when we read what somebody else has written as their interpretation of the Bible. If he inspires the message, he will also guide and give the enabling capacity to write the book.
0: I know readers everywhere are going to be blessed by this book. I encourage the people who are listening right now to give this one a shot. Go check it out. Again, the title is The Position of the Adopted Child of God. This is written by Chibuzo N.A. Urapa. And it's published by Covenant Books, so you can find this one anywhere, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Chibuzo, how wonderful it was to speak with you today and to learn about this book. I had a really nice time. Thanks for being here.
2: Thank you so very much for having me, Corey, and have
0: a good day. The Diary of a Black Railroad Pioneer, Life Application Memoir. It's the new audiobook just released, written by Jeanette Spencer. And we get to talk all about this. I get to find out more here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We have Jeanette here with me. Jeanette, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me.
3: Yeah, thank you for asking me to be on the
0: show. It's so exciting. The audiobook version of your book, The Diary of a Black Railroad Pioneer, just came out. Jeanette, can you tell me what this is about? What can readers expect?
3: Well, it's my life story. When I started on the railroad, I was like 21, 22 years old. Right now, I'm going on 70.
0: What was that spark, that inspiration that made you decide, hey, i got to write my life story. I need to publish this and tell the world about it.
3: Well, I've always kept the journal of my life since I was like in my early 20s. And I wrote about everything that happened to me, good and bad. So I decided when I retired from the railroad that I was going to do my life journey story and I'll publish it because I was the first woman signal engineer on the railroad throughout the country. And a lot of people don't know what a signal engineer is. I repair gate crossing switches, signals, clam bridges and poles and stuff like that and hook everything up.
0: Wow. Uh, Jeanette, when you were writing this, uh, did you have a target readership in mind, specific readers who you were speaking to here?
3: Well, I was thinking about women that, or men, that were abused spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Uh, A lot of people go through a lot of challenges in their lives. So I was trying to gear toward anyone that went through any life challenges.
0: When it comes to writing and publishing, Jeanette, is this the first time you've done this, or are you familiar with it?
3: Yes, it's the first time.
0: Oh, congratulations. How long did this take you? I can imagine writing your life story would have taken a really long time.
3: Well, like I said before, I kept a journal. I've always wrote down everything because I was the type of individual that had things going on in her life that I need to keep remembering what had happened. Mm. So I kept a journal. Plus, I was always in trouble at work anyway. So being the only woman and the first woman, I was always geared toward investigations and people telling me I'm not qualified when I had all kinds of degrees and licenses.
0: Amazing. Well, Jeanette, I'm sure you learned an awful lot publishing for the first time. Do you have any advice now for the aspiring authors who are listening to us?
3: Well, just do it. Don't wait around. Just get writing, try to keep a journal of your life, and get into action.
0: Now, there's a lot of time and work that goes into this kind of thing, Jeanette, and I'm sure you're well aware of that. So what was it like when you got the first copy in, and you actually got to hold your book for the first time?
3: I was so full of excitement and joy and happiness, and I was just amazed at it in print. It was breathtaking, really. And for it to be a historical book, it was put in the historical society.
0: Mm, oh, wow. And, of course, we're talking about the audiobook edition of this. It just came out. So, Jeanette, what was it like whenever you listened to your book as opposed to reading it off the page?
3: It was interesting how captivating it was to actually hear it being read to me. Mm. It was really captivating. That's all I can tell you. It was. It was like listening to my story to myself.
0: Now, sometimes it can be difficult or challenging to find just the right voice for your book. Jeanette, was that a tough process for you?
3: Well, not really. i heard several voices, and I decided to pick the one that was closely matched to
0: mine. Now, when you look down the road, Jeanette, do you see yourself maybe writing another one and publishing more? There's a
3: possibility that could happen.
0: And when you think back over the publishing end of things, there's so much involved there. Jeanette, what did you find the most challenging part of that?
3: Getting it in order, the order that I wanted to tell it and how I wanted the chapters to read.
0: I know a lot of people will be inspired by this story. I encourage everyone out there to seek this audiobook out. It's titled The Diary of a Black Railroad Pioneer, Life Application Memoir. It's written by Jeanette Spencer and published by The Audiobook Network. Get it on Audible, the Apple iTunes Store, or on Amazon, anywhere that you pick up your audiobooks. Jeanette, thanks for joining me tonight and telling me all about your story and about this audiobook. I had a really nice time talking with you.
3: Thank you, and I enjoy being on the show.
0: The book I have here now tells an inspirational story that encourages young readers to follow their dreams. It's titled Journey to the Moon. It's written by Nicole Rubel, and we get to find out all about this book. Nicole is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Nicole, welcome. Thank you for being here.
4: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get to share about this awesome story.
0: And I'm excited to hear all about Journey to the Moon, Nicole. Can you tell me what it's all about?
4: Sure. Journey to the Moon is a collaboration of real-life experiences and my two sons' imaginations. I built this around a dream of accomplishing what no other child has done before. I used my then 10-year-old, he's now 18, my son Gabe, his imagination and I began to build on his love for space and science, Um, creating a little bit of drama with suspense. The story depicts how these children discover through teamwork, brainstorming, study, and good work ethic, that any dream can come true. Mm -hmm. Their team that they call themselves is galaxy explorers in this story, and they build a space capsule called the CSS 2000 that will take them to the moon. And you'll find when you read this adventure that the voyage is dangerous and their local community is anxiously waiting for a successful flight. So I'm excited for everyone to get to finish the story and see what happens to the CSS 2000.
0: It does sound exciting. Nicole, what sorts of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this?
4: The age range of readers that I kind of targeted was anywhere from age five through junior high. This is a great adventurous story that has some good vocabulary in it to kind of push those at a younger age. But the story is relatable to anyone in the age of five to junior high range.
0: Hmm. And can you go back and think about what sparked you to start writing this. What was your inspiration, Nicole?
4: Well, I wanted to leave a legacy for future generations in our family, Mm. so I was taking moments in time and capturing them on the pages of this book, and it was going to allow us to hold on to the memories of true life experiences that my family had. Enjoying my son's childhood and watching them learn and discover new adventures, it inspired me to build and add a little flavor of my own imagination. Mm. We've taught our sons to live a debt-free life. And so my hope is that people will enjoy this book and share it with others. And a goal of this project is for us to be able to help pay for our son's college if it's successful.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah. And Nicole, when it comes to writing and publishing and all that, is this your first time around?
4: It is actually my first time to publish a book. I've not done this part before. But I do have over 100 poems that I wrote throughout my childhood. Hmm. So possibly in the future, I might have a memoir I get to do.
0: So being this was your first time writing, publishing and all of that, did it take a really long time to do this?
4: Well, it took quite a bit of time. Actually, I wrote the story, started it about 10 years ago when my kids were 8 and 10 years old capturing the time in their childhood, just wanting to remember everything that they were experiencing. And my son, Gabe, like I said, he just had a love for science and space. So I wanted to jot a lot of things down that I could, and I put it in story form. And I was just so blessed by Christian Faith Publishing, who took the book and said, absolutely, we want to do this project for you. And it's just really been a great encouragement. My community has been real encouraging and interested in reading it. And so did it take a little time to write it? It did, but it's been worth every minute, every day along the way.
0: And I'm sure you learned an awful lot publishing for the first time. Do you have any advice now that you could offer to the first time authors listening?
4: I do have a little bit of advice. I just would suggest not to give up whatever your dream may be. Just do whatever you can to make it happen. Sometimes you just have to be patient with the process and just Take each step along with the journey. Listen to the people that come into your life, that give you encouragement and give you direction. Whatever the dream is, just be patient with yourself. No one wants your dream more than you, like I said, and just do whatever you can to make it happen.
0: Well, the message of this book is absolutely fantastic. I know a lot of people are going to love this. Again, it's titled Journey to the Moon. It's written by Nicole Rubel and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. So you can get it everywhere, of course, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, anywhere where you get your books. Well, Nicole, it's been great talking with you here tonight, learning all about Journey to the Moon and what went into that. I hope we can talk again sometime soon.
4: Thank you so much, and I encourage everyone to get the book and share it with their kids. It'll be a great story.
0: I have here a book of poetry that encourages self introspection and spirituality. It's titled Spiritual Enlightenment, a collection of contemporary poems. This is written by Edward Hayes, and we get to find out more about this. Edward is joining me here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Edward, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me.
5: Well, thank you, Corey, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you so much for inviting me.
0: It's a pleasure to be speaking with you, Edward. Can you tell me all about this book of poetry you've written, Spiritual Enlightenment? What can readers expect here?
5: Okay. Spiritual Enlightenment is actually a lifetime of my writings and my belief in spirituality that I think is the gateway to saving humanity. But I think right now in this world, what's happening in this world now, that given the dynamic, I think we have lost our touch with spirituality. I think it's important. So that's what the book it deals about, self-introspection. It deals with spirituality. It deals with relationship. And Spiritual Awakening, uh, A Social consciousness.
0: Edward, when you were writing this poetry and publishing this book, did you have certain readers in mind who might get the most of what you're saying?
5: Actually, I was trying to hope that I would have a cross-section of writers because I wanted to get feedback as to, first of all, I was looking for validation Hmm. to see if I really had something to offer to the world and that it would provoke dialogue and awaken social consciousness and find out what people are really thinking and where do we go to find resolutions to saving humanity.
0: Hmm. And once you decided to start putting all these poems together for publishing, Edward, was that a long process or did it happen quickly for you?
5: Actually, it was a long process. It was a culmination of actually years since my retirement in 2018. I really just started to be immersed in actually writing. And it became my passion since my retirement of 2018. So. Actually, from 2018 to current, I've actually been writing, and I never considered myself to be a poet, because I always wanted to write a novel, something spiritual, with spiritual connection about with the creator, and it just happened that I guess I write poetically.
0: And then that day comes, Edward, and you finally get your first copy in the mail, and you get to hold your book for the first time after you've been working on it so hard. What was that like for you?
5: Euphoria. Mm. (laughs) I think when I first opened up the package, my family probably looked at me they ran into the living room, but I think I let out this loud scream, wow, it's really happening. <laughs> you know, I think they thought maybe I fell off the sofa or something.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Do you think you'll be publishing more, writing more in the future then?
5: Absolutely. Yeah. Right now, I'm with Christian Faith Publisher, and I have my second book that's almost ready, almost completion now. It's in the cover design, so it should be dropping in about another month, hopefully. And it's called Crossing a Bridge Over Troubled Warren.
0: And you just mentioned the cover design. Is that a challenge for you? You know, you're writing the poetry. You're really concentrating on the craft of making those words just right. But then at the same time, you've got to make your book look nice. So is that a challenge, deciding what goes on your cover, Edward?
5: Absolutely, absolutely. Because it has to have eye appeal and And So I kind of like want to like induce or provoke the subscriber or the reader to say, hmm. What is this really about? So if I get that aha moment from the perspective reader, that's how I choose a title for a book or I look at the cover. And I say, wow, that's very interesting. So if you look at spiritual enlightenment, it's kind of like galactic when you look at the planets. And so the vision is out there, out there in the universe, a connection with the creative energy or of the universe, or universe energy that, you know, sustain all life as we know it.
0: Now, there's so much involved in the publishing process. I'm sure you learned a lot along the way of doing that, Edward. Do you have any advice now that you could give to the authors who are just starting out? Yes,
5: yes. Number one, take a leave on faith for a long time. I'm so apprehensive. And I think the reason why you're apprehensive is because you don't know you know, what the processes are. You don't know if anyone is going to even read what you're writing. You don't know if it's going to be exciting. But I can tell someone, find a good publisher that'll walk you through the whole process, especially for your first book. Mm. And just do it. Just do it. You got to take a leap
0: on faith. Absolutely. I think a lot of readers are going to be blessed by this poetry, and I encourage everyone out there to go pick this one up. Again, the title is Spiritual Enlightenment, A Collection of Contemporary Poems. This is written by Edward Hayes. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available everywhere, of course. So Amazon or Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Oh, well, Edward, what a joy it's been talking with you tonight, finding out about your poetry and everything that went into it. I really appreciate you being here.
5: Well, thank you for having me. Now, I appreciate you taking the time, and I hope everyone enjoyed my writing.
0: Brokenly Blooming—it's the name of the new book it just hit stores, written by Mary Beth CP. And we're going to find out more about this. Mary Beth is here with me at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Mary Beth, thank you for being here. Having me. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to learn all about Brokenly Blooming. Mary Beth, can you tell me all about it?
6: Sure. So, Brokenly Blooming is my first book, and it's a collection of poems that I've written over the past couple years. What started out as kind of therapy writing turned into me saving them. And when I would look back at what I was writing, I was like, oh, you know, it kind of reminds me like poetry because I would just pour my heart onto the paper. And so then I started writing poetry, and then it turned into a book.
0: Did you have any readers in mind who might get the most out of your poetry, Marybeth?
6: So I don't know if there's, like, someone in particular, but I do know that for people who maybe have experienced grief or who have felt like, you know, maybe they're the only ones out there who feel like they do during times when they're struggling in life, or Even during good times in life, I have poems all about that. I actually lost my husband five years ago.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
6: Thank you. It was an accidental overdose. And by the time we found out there was even an issue going on, within six months, he passed away. And that is kind of where the birth of this book, I guess, kind of started. Because that's where my therapy writing started. And then I met someone wonderful about two months later unexpectedly and he has been here ever since we're actually getting married next month
0: oh congratulations
6: thank you so there's even you know poems about love in here self-discovery me finding myself after you know my old life fell apart and crashed and you know picking up the pieces that i wanted to keep and you know planting them and now i have a garden of a new life and yeah just kind of things like that is what you can find in my book
0: Hmm. Mary Beth, how long of an endeavor was this for you? Clear from when you started out writing it up until it was published in hit stores?
6: Probably about four years, I would say. But the publishing happened really fast. What happened with my older sister, she just found out at the beginning of this year or the end of last year that she had cancer. Oh my! And it was a rare disease and it was a bone Or a blood cancer, but it can give you leukemia. And we were talking about all the things. Of course, you know when that happens, you have those deep conversations that led to, you know, when you one faces their mortality, what they wish they would have done in life. And her, she said she wished she would have pursued painting because that's what she loved to do. And so I thought, well, I've always wanted to be a writer, and here I have this collection of poems. Why don't I? And being a published author has always been on my bucket list. And I thought, why do I not go for it? Life is too short. And September 15th is actually a year from when I found out that my book would be published. Mm, so wow. within a year, I found out that my publishing company liked it, and it's yeah now on the shelf. So it wasn't actually very long from the moment that I decided I really wanted to publish it.
0: And when you finally got that first copy in the mail, and you got to actually hold this thing for the first time, Mary Beth, what was that like?
6: <laughs> oh my goodness. So I'm a mom, so I felt like it was almost like when you bring your newborn baby home, you know, <laughs> you're like, wow, I created this. This is real. It kind of felt like that. And it this is one of my proudest achievements, I would definitely say. And I wrote some poems in here for my sister and for other family members. And so it's kind of like a little tribute to them as well. So it's definitely one of my greatest achievements, I would say.
0: Do you think you would do it again? Are you planning on maybe writing and publishing more?
6: Oh, yes, I would definitely do it again. And I actually am in the early stages of my first novel that I'm writing. Oh, wow. Yeah, big plans there. So I'm really excited.
0: Fantastic. Well, I think a lot of people are going to be inspired and blessed by this poetry. And I encourage everybody who can listen to us right now to go and check this one out. It's titled Brokenly Blooming. It's written by Mary Beth C.P., It's published by Newman Springs Publishing. And of course, you can find it everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, anywhere that you pick up your books. Well, Mary Beth, it was great having you on the show here and finding out about your poetry and everything that went into it. Thanks for being here.
6: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure being here, and I hope you have a wonderful evening.
0: Sitting down right beside me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author T.K. Cassidy. T.K., welcome to the show. I really appreciate you being here with me tonight. Thank you. I'm wildly excited to be here. Well, I'm wildly excited to find out about your new book. It's such a big deal. It's called Who to Thunk It and the Girls. T.K., what's this book all about?
7: Well, I have three aunts who are very, very vibrant ladies. They're both in their 70s or they're all in their 70s. And they still do biking and biathlons and stuff. Oh, wow. And I've always been so amazed by them because of their energy and vitality. And then I came across a card that I saw one time with three little ladies sitting in a very busy train station, and they look like twins. And all of a sudden, there's the idea between those three and my aunts, there's the idea for three sisters who are in their 70s who are doing a lot of things people say 70-year-olds can't do. Unfortunately, they ran out of money and somebody came and wanted to have them pay off a debt. And in order to do that, they had to go back to the skills their father taught them when they were children, which was cat burglary. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? 70-year-old cat burglar. Who'd have thunk it? I love it. I knew you would. <laughs>
0: wow. Wow. This is so interesting. <laughs> TK, what kinds of readers do you think would be really into this? What sorts of ages do you think?
7: Oh, well, I write humor. So if you if you can get past the fact that they're old people, you're going to laugh. I mean, everybody that <laughs> has told me anything about it has enjoyed it. I usually look towards older ladies and older men because, you know, that's what the main characters are. But I've had teenagers come and talk to me about how much they enjoyed the three ladies. So it's it's wide.
0: Fantastic. And when it comes to writing books and being published and all of that, TK, is this your first time around or are you used to this? Have you done it before?
7: No, actually, Who the Fuck It and the Girls is the first of a trilogy. Hmm. And the third one is coming out in October. So who'd have thunk it? When, when I was like in kindergarten, the teacher put a pencil in my hand and I found out that that pencil made marks on papers and those marks made words and those words made sentences. and Those sentences made stories and it was Katie Bar the Door. I've been writing since I was about eight years old. Wow. I have hundreds of stories. Most of them are in thought or in halfway done and I've got seven up on Amazon now. Oh, wow. Including this three.
0: Well, TK, when you think about The writing of Huda it and the girls. Was that a long process or did it come out pretty quickly for you?
7: Interesting story. The Huda took me a little while. The first one took me a little while because I was really trying to establish these characters and these people. Mm. The second one, Huda Hitchens, which is about in the process of going through the things the ladies did as cat burglars, they met three guys. So I had to have them get married. And that's Huda Hitchens. And so that one actually, I was talking to some people at a book talk. And they were asking for another book, and I said, I didn't know what to write. And they started spitballing ideas, and five months later, I had that second book. So, I mean, it was that fast. <laughs> wow. So, so we released that one. And, of course, after they had gotten married, they have to go on their honeymoon. These guys got on a old tour bus that they got from an old band, a cover band called Aerosmith, but it's A-R-R-O-W.
0: Ah, uh, I love it.
7: They're the Aerosmith grandfesters is who they are. Not ancestors, ancestors. (laughs) grandcesters. They've gone skydiving, hot air ballooning, on a trip to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and that book took me almost seven months to write because I got Mm. stuck in one part. I'd never gone white water rafting, so I was having trouble writing that. (laughs) But yeah, that's that's coming out in October. I'm really excited about it.
0: TK, can you tell me about the thoughts going through your head and the feelings you're experiencing? Whenever you finally get to hold that book you've been working on and you get to see it, your name's on the cover.
7: When I first, I never wanted to put my books in print. I was going to just stay in in e-books and be happy all my life. But Mm. somebody talked me into doing it. And boy, when I pulled that first book out, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I know I'm not five years old anymore. But I was screaming and jumping and squealing around (laughs) like that. promise
0: you <laughs> oh, i love it
7: my husband is very very supportive he's the first one to laugh in all the right places and he said i looked like i had just had christmas and easter and my <laughs> birthday all rolled into one
0: well, i know this is a book and an audiobook that readers and listeners are really going to be into and i think they ought to check it out again this is titled who to thunk it and the girls written by tk cassidy and the audiobook is published by the audiobook network So get on Audible or head on over to the Apple iTunes store, get on Amazon. You'll be able to find this really anywhere that you pick up your audiobooks. TK, thank you so much for coming on the show and telling me all about Who to Thunk It. I had a really nice time with you.
7: Great. Thank you so much. I enjoyed myself immensely.
0: They Are Not of This World. That's the name of the new book. It's written by Richard Essiao and we get to find out more about this book because Richard is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me.
8: Thank you. My pleasure to be here.
0: Can you tell me all about what readers can expect when they read They Are Not of This World?
8: Yeah, absolutely. I think the readers, particularly those who are followers of Christ, are primarily who I'm specifically trying to talk to as a family, but obviously a non-Christian can, you know, something they can take away as well. But what they're going to get is probably alternative paradigm shift to topics you know we talk about pandemics justices and even unity just also doing it in a way that's more conversationally you know right now there's a lot of vitriol and a lot of fighting infighting so you know kind of a third alternative way to approach these matters in a way that makes us credible to a watching world but also brings it you know in a more kind of brings that down the temperature a little bit that makes that makes
0: Richard, what sparked you? What gave you the inspiration to write this and publish this book? Yeah,
8: just, I mean, I mean, it might be simplistic, but really just with the words what Jesus always said, you know, that, that people should be able to look at us and then realize that we are, by the way we love one another, that we are a people that belong to him, you know, paraphrasing John 13. Mm. And so what that would mean is the way we maybe interact on issues that maybe we may disagree with, you know, should stick out. You know, we're called lights of the world, or shine as luminaries, we all know what light supposed to do, it's supposed to shine out in otherwise dark areas, and so we of we look at the way the world is kind of very divided, and there's a lot of antipathy, there's a lot of polarization, and that's not we as followers of Christ, we're not supposed to be living like that, we're supposed to stand out. So anyway, Jesus' words kind of really challenged me to kind of have us to be challenged to really live out who we're supposed to be, in other words, kind of be credible. A world that
0: really wants to see credibility to what we're saying, what we are as Christ followers. Now Richard, when it comes to writing and publishing, all of that, have you done this kind of thing before, or are you new to it?
8: I'm new to it. First time. First professionally published book, Christian Faith Publishing, whom I give them a shout-out. They're a tremendous group that I would always recommend to anybody.
0: So being your first book, Richard, did this take you a long time to put together to write and publish?
8: It did, yes. Yeah. So I'd say about a year and a half in the making, probably altogether, yes, sir.
0: But then that day comes, Richard, and you finally get it in the mail, your first copy, and you get to hold your book for the first time and look at it. What was going through your mind? What were you feeling the first time you got to hold They're Not of This World?
8: Oh, man, just so uh, fulfilled, relieved, and thankful and honored, you know, and excited, nervous, all the emotions in one, you know. Sometimes it still has hit me like, man, the first time I was actually kind of book published, you know, I was
0: I'm sure you learned an awful lot along the way of doing this for the first time. What advice would you tell to the first-time authors out there, Richard?
8: Yeah, what advice I'll tell them is to be patient. (laughs) You know, of course, we want to immediately get the product out there. But just like any good meal, you want it to to be cooked rightly and properly. So therefore, those who you know digest it will be able to, to be benefited and enjoy it. And just like we want with any meal, I would advise others to be patient. I have to learn that along the way, especially when you have good publishing like Christian Books and many other good publishing companies out there who are doing tremendous jobs, helping just to be patient and enjoy the process.
0: Now, this was a year and a half in the making. A lot of hard work went into this. So what's the most rewarding aspect for you of now being a published author, Richard?
8: Yeah, just rewarding the fact that I could be used, you know, as an honor just to be able to influence people for Christ's glory, you know what I mean, and just to be able to impact people positively, of course. I mean, it's just a great honor. I mean, I think, who am I? I'm just, you know, a 37-year-old husband, a father who's just trying to be faithful in whatever God is calling me to do, but positively
0: leave a good imprint, you know what I mean, in, in the community, in, uh, in our culture. Well, I know readers will certainly be blessed by this book. Again, it's titled, they are not of this world it's written by richard essiao and it's published by christian faith publishing it's available everywhere go to amazon go to barnes and noble go to itunes or take a walk down the street to your local bookshop and you'll find this book richard thank you again for coming on the show and telling me all about they are not of this world i had a really nice time talking with you
8: thank you so much my pleasure it was a great time mr Corey. thank you so much
0: Sitting down with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Keishandra Smith. Keishandra, thank you so much for being here with me.
9: Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is an amazing
0: opportunity. It truly is. I appreciate your time, Keishandra. Can you tell me about the new book that you have out? It's called Beauty for Ashes. What's this one all about?
9: Absolutely. Well, actually, it's my personal testimony, but I'm pretty sure there are many, many readers out there who can relate to it. It's pretty much explaining how in my life, I've had a lot of not so good situations Mm. that I've experienced from my younger years into even adulthood. And I like to refer to them as fiery just because of the extensiveness of the situations. And so we all know that when there's smoke, there's fire, and fire eventually, when it burns long enough and when it put out, it creates ashes. And so the situations, the negative situations that I had to endure were ashy. You know, it it wasn't good. It was things that I've learned and things that I kind of didn't have a choice but to go through. But pretty much God was telling me, and He actually tells us in the book of Isaiah, Chapter 61, that he'll give us beauty Mm. for ashes. And what that is, is in exchange, you know, we give all of our nasty, ugly things that we hold on to, sometimes even daily. That we see no way out of or even the things prior that we still kind of hold on to that we haven't quite got over yet. You know, that can actually be a downfall in us moving forward in our lives in many areas. And so God is like, give me all of your ashes and I'll give you a beauty that you've never seen.
0: What sparked you to write this? What gave you the idea to sit down, start this and get it published?
9: Well, (laughs) funny, but true the initial reason I wrote is because I believed God was telling me it was time for me to tell my story. Hmm. And so I, you know, literally one day it was like a light bulb went off. I saw who he had placed me around, you know, different people, and they happened to be authors. And so it hit me, you know, and I'm like, wait, are you telling me you want me to write a book? And I know (laughs) over the years, People who know my story and even people who I filled in about certain parts of my story, they would casually say, girl, you can write a book. Mm. And so it was kind of a joke, you know, (laughs) but little did I know that was like a hint, you know, yeah, you're going to be writing a book in the future. And so one day, you know, I did it. I'm still amazed at how smooth everything went. I mean, I have never written a book before. And so to know that I actually was able to do it, it really just amazed me. And now I have a total newfound respect for authors.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you learned an awful lot writing this first one and everything that's involved, especially on the publishing end of things. So do you have any advice that you could offer to the first-time authors who are listening? Absolutely.
9: I would say remember your why. Hmm. Because in the writing journey, you may face a lot of hurdles. You may have writer's block. You know, you may even lose momentum. All these things, life may hit you. You know, you may get distracted and put it down and things like that. But remember your why. And if your why is important enough, hold on to that because that will actually be a fuel for you mm-hmm. and a accountability as well to say, I have to get this out there. You know, and like for me, I knew that. I had to put my words on paper, and I knew that there was someone out there waiting on what I had to say. Mm. And so the same thing for you. There is someone out there waiting to hear what it is that you have to say, because you never know whose life may be changed by it.
0: Absolutely. Well, this book will show its readers just how God can turn ashes into beauty, and I recommend that you check it out. Again, it's titled Beauty for Ashes. It's written by Keishandra Smith and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere, of course, so go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes or take a walk down the street to your local bookshop and you'll be able to pick this one up. Kishandra, I really appreciate you coming on the show, telling me all about Beauty for Ashes and everything that went into it. I hope we get to talk again sometime.
9: Absolutely. Thank you again so much for having me.
0: My Theory of Evolution, Life with Meaning. That's the new book. It just hit store shelves. It's written by Will Coakley. And I get to find out all about this book. Will is sitting here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Will, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. The pleasure is all mine. Can you tell me what you wrote about in My Theory of Evolution? I wrote about my story, just
10: my life, just my journey through life. And also about my theories, about like sports or about like, like the meaning of life. Just about different topics that are associated with like how I thought our lives have played out or how I thought like different definitions or things like animals or things of that nature, yes.
0: Well, what inspired you to write this and have it published? What was the spark?
10: I started writing it in 2017. And it just kind of hit me that I, I just wanted to get my name out there mm-hmm. and get more publicity just to write about my story and my theories and different facts and, like, things about life, just about, like, where I've been in life, but like, mostly positive things. I have other books on my computer that I want to release to the public, and my second book will be released in, like, three to six months.
0: Mm. So you're new then. This was your first book ever published.
10: Yes, uh, yes.
0: Congratulations, Will. Did it take you a long time to do?
10: The first book was probably took me about six months to do, and then mm. after that, it became easier just to like write and to understand how to write an actual book. Mm. And uh, Mark went to Newman Publishing, and then he helped me edit my book and to release it to the population.
0: This is a really personal book for you, Will. What was it like when you finally got to hold the first physical copy and you got to see your name on the cover, this thing you've been working on for so long?
10: It was great. I showed it to my mom and my therapist for my mental illness. And they both uh, I both signed a copy. I showed it to my family, my friends, and then I was able to sell more books in like England or Germany. It was great. Like, I have copies of my remember. I saw a good amount of so far, so yeah, it was great.
0: Fantastic. This was your first book, and I'm sure it was quite the learning experience for you, Will. Do you have anything that you learned along the way that you could throw out there as advice for the first-time authors who are listening? First-time advice would be to be patient, and if you
10: get turned down by your first publisher, then it's not that big of a deal. Mm. I would say to write it on Microsoft Word and to make sure that you stand behind the, the words that you write and make sure that it's accurate as well.
0: When you think back over writing your first book and putting it through the publishing process, Will, what did you find the most challenging part of things for you?
10: I thought the, the editing process was the toughest. Mm. Just to remember many stuff that you learned back in school, to understand like the whole like process of actually getting your book out there to the public. And, the word art and still have the whole process of this definitely have to go through to actually get your book published
0: uh, when you think about the kinds of people that you were speaking to here Will did you have a target audience in mind for my theory of evolution
10: no it's it's ages from like young to like old yeah just no target audience and men and women you know
0: no target audience in, in mind so your messages then are pretty universal everyone can get something from this yes everyone can learn from my experiences yes a will, writing and publishing a book, man, it's a hard thing to do all by yourself. Did yeah. you have people in your life who knew you were doing this, and they could be there to kind of have your back and motivate you along the way?
10: There's one woman, Ann, who's my therapist. She helped me out, like, so much. Just to, I talk to her, like, every week, just about, like, life. She helped me out a lot, and also my mom. I would say my, my closest friends, too, just to helped me out, like, a whole ton.
0: Well, a lot of times when you're drawn to be a writer, it also means that you like to read as well. Does that describe you? What kind of reader are you?
10: Yeah, I like to read different books about like people's lives, or just about like that are fiction or nonfiction. Yeah, I read. I probably read like an hour a day.
0: Oh wow! I think there are a lot of readers out there that are going to be into this book. It's titled "My Theory of Evolution: Life with Meaning." It's written by Will Coakley, published by Newman Springs Publishing. Of course, you can get it everywhere, so get on Amazon, or Barnes & Noble, or iTunes, or take a walk down the street to your local bookshop, and you'll be able to find this book. Will, thanks again for coming on the show and telling me about your story and about your writing. I had a nice time talking with you tonight.
10: Yeah, I had a great time, too. Thank you so much.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations,